Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. Let's, let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, we thank you so much for this time we have together. Lord, I thank you that you are not bound by any barriers. You are not bound by doubt in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that we have a firm foundation on Christ, the solid rock we stand. And so this morning, we pray in Jesus' name that we would believe for a miracle. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We really did have a good time at the picnic, and no, Pastor Rick is not hurt. He is actually preaching at one of our fellow Italian Assemblies of God in Latina this morning. So we pray for Pastor Rick as he's ministering there all day. I'll be joining him later this evening. And uh, we're thankful that the body of Christ is not just found in this one room. Amen. Many of you have come from other places, and I pray that if you don't have a good home church family and you live here, that you make this your family. And if you do, when you go back to your country, get plugged in, serve, give back for what God has given to you, okay? Very, very important. This morning, I want to talk to you about a setup for a miracle. I believe that there are times in our lives that feel very difficult, but that is the very moment when it is a setup for your breakthrough miracle. Amen? So this month, we have been talking about the place of miracle. The girls danced and said, don't you give up on that miracle, no matter how heavy it is, no matter how long you have to wait for it. Pastor Rick says you're only one prayer away from a... Yes, so don't give up. But just in case there was a language barrier, I want to tell you what a miracle is. By definition, it is an occurrence at once above nature and above man. A miracle is above nature and above man. It shows the intervention of a power that is not limited. Say not limited. Not limited by the laws either of matter or of mind. It is a supernatural power. Now, I did something in the prayer room this morning, so I'm going to ask you to do it with me as well. You're all seated. I see that. That's just wonderful. Could you do me a favor for a moment? Could you just all stand for a moment? Everyone stand for just a moment. Good. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did you believe that your feet would hold you when you stood up? Yeah, come on, I got to hear you. Got to give me some feedback. Did you believe that this floor would hold you when you stood up? Sit down for a minute. Now that you know what I'm doing, I want to do it one more time. Stand up. You believed your feet, amen? You believed this floor, amen? You can be seated. I want you to have that same kind of confidence this morning. Not even a doubt. Not even a let me wait and see if it will really, I don't know if this floor is really going to work. Some of us at the picnic, maybe you were a little bit tired today, but you still knew that your feet would hold you, that the floor would hold you. That's what a miracle is. When you know that you know that you know that a supernatural power is going to hold you the minute you step out in faith to ask for that. 
Okay? So I want you to remember that level of confidence this morning. Let's look at our verse, Mark 2.12. It says, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. I had the girls bring the mat out. Pastor Rick used the mat last week with someone in it. And they brought this man to Jesus in this mat. But this verse says he got up. He's not in that mat anymore. He took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. And what happened? This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like it. Mark 2.12. I don't know about you, but I've sat in a doctor's office. And I've heard the doctor say, I'm amazed. I've never seen anything like this. I don't have an explanation for what's happening. But something is improving. That is the power of a miracle. I want you to look at the verses before, though, in Mark 2, starting with verse 1. A few days later... This is the beginning of the story. When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. You're in this room because you heard that Jesus was here. You you wanted to come and see what would Jesus be saying in this place. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. That's why we're in a building program. That's why we're raising funds so that, you know, you can't buy it unless you have the money, right? The bank wants to know you have some money. There was no room left. So we are in a building fund, not to just have a building, but to build a legacy for miracles, okay? Not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him this paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, I know a few people in here have tried to get to church before and the roadblocks prevented you from coming or the traffic prevented you from coming. But they did something when they could not get to Jesus. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus is watching us. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, sons, your sins are forgiven. So this morning, I want you to look at a couple things that occurred in that miracle process. Jesus forgave this man's sins. That's the first thing. He didn't say you're healed first. He said your sins are forgiven you. When Jesus saw this, he said your sins are forgiven you. Number one on this portion, I don't have notes for this, I don't think, but I want you to know this. More than healing the man's body, Jesus wanted to heal his soul. There's nothing more important than having your soul healed with the healing balm of Gilead, with the love of Jesus Christ. We can take from God's word and realize there was a reason why God forgave his sins and then told him to take up his mat. He wants to heal your soul. Number two, Jesus saw the faith of this group who collectively... I watched you collectively stand a while ago. I watched you collectively worship. 
there is something powerful when we collectively come together. Amen? Amen? It feels good. It was good to be together yesterday. It was fun to hear the laughter in the park. Jesus saw the faith of this group that they were asking and believing. Asking and believing. And he responded to them. I want you to know that God responds to the prayers of his people. He knows your voice. He knows how many hairs are on your head or not. He knows if you change the color of them or not. He knows everything about us. And he wants to respond. This morning, they sang that song, The Goodness of God. Your goodness is running after me. So many times I think we think we have to run after God and we can't catch him. Can you imagine? Picture God, his goodness running after you. Saying, wait, I've got something for you. I'm pursuing you. Don't turn and go the other way. I've got a miracle in your path. That's the power of God. His goodness is running after each and every one of us. The third thing in this passage of Scripture is that they were amazed. This is where amazing happens, right? So they were amazed. The Lord inspired holy men to write the Holy Scripture and thought it was so important to put in this verse, they were amazed. This morning, I know that there are people watching on live stream in so many different countries, and you're going to be amazed because some of you have even written to me and said you're sick and you're not here, but today you're going to be amazed. This sickness is not going to take long to get well from. You are going to be healed in Jesus' name. So if they were amazed, what does that say to me? That I should be amazed. That I should never lose the wonder. I should never lose the amazement and the awe at the things that Jesus does. There are Christians being persecuted around this world today. There are believers who have been killed around this world probably this week, this month. We sit here free in the presence of God, feeling the love of God's people. Don't take that for granted. Don't get complacent in that. We should be amazed when Jesus does something. Even the fact that he keeps you in the race should keep amazing you. I don't know about you. You ever been in the race of life and kind of felt like, I don't know if I can go again tomorrow. I'm not sure about this. And then you get up on those feet and that floor holds you and you get there and you say, okay, I made it again. I made another day. Don't be complacent. Don't begrudge that. Say, God, thank you. I'm amazed at your power. I'm amazed at your presence. Yes, the miracle is awesome, but so is the stuff that precedes the miracle. I want you to think about that. Then there was a man. There was a man in that mat, in this mat right here. There was a man. He had this mat. He had his friends. And I want you to think about the fact that he obeyed God's instructions. When God said, get up, take your mat, and go out, he did exactly that. He got up, he exercised his faith, and the scripture says he went out in full view of everyone. He took his mat. He made his testimony public. Now, I don't know if I can really carry this, but imagine... If this is my burden, it's my disease, it's my poverty, 
It's my disappointment. It's my betrayal. But Jesus has healed me from that. Jesus has set me free from that thing that bound me up. And he said, he could have said, think about this. He could have said, leave your mat. Get up. Leave your mat. And go on about your way like it's normal. But instead, think about this. He said, get up. Take your mat. What does that mean? To me, I felt like God was saying, you're going to be, you're going to have this testimony. You might have a scar. Pastor Rick, if you've ever noticed, has a scar from the top of his ear down underneath his throat where they started a surgery and then aborted it. You may have a bank account for a while that seems empty like this mat. Jesus didn't say, you're going to have to leave it all behind and it's just going to be all hunky-dory. I don't know if that translates. All wonderful. Okay. (laughs) He said, take it. Don't try to run from your testimony. Don't try to run from your testimony. There is no shame in this house, in the women's ministry, in the men's ministry, in the kids' ministry, in the teen ministry, in the young adult ministry, in the camera ministry. There's no shame for being you. Amen? I'm not sure you believe that. There is no shame in being you. God came to set us free. God came to give us purpose and value. So my mat is part of my testimony. My mat has me at 15, getting noticed by a policeman knocking on the door saying, your mother has been in an accident. She's been killed by a drunk driver. That's my mat. My mat, while it's empty now, thank you, Jesus, has my 19-year-old daughter that was kidnapped and taken and kept for over a year and hurt in every way you can imagine. But she's healed and whole and alive and vibrant today and married to a wonderful man and has got beautiful children. She's not in that mat anymore. My mat is my neck that has a hip bone in it. So I kind of go like that sometimes. (laughs) You know, your hands on your hips. I want you to understand something. Your mat has your story in it. Jesus said, get up and take it. Don't be ashamed of it. Testify. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was sick, but now I'm healed. I once had doubt, but now I have confidence. Amen? Oh, I need to hear a better amen than that. This is the setup for the breakthrough miracle. That mat and everything it represents is the setup for your breakthrough miracle. Mark 2.4 says this. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, something happened. You can't sit in that pew today, in that chair, on that couch, in that bed, and do nothing. You're a part of the answer to the prayer you pray. You have to get up. Take your mat. Go towards Jesus. Say, God, I'm desperate. I need a breakthrough. I want you to touch my life. I want you to intervene. You have to exercise your faith. Jeremiah 32, 27 says this. I, the Lord speaking, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Isn't that beautiful? Look at all these flags. All these amazing flags of countries represented in this room. He said, I'm the God of all of us. I'm the God of all mankind. 
is anything too hard for me? The answer is no. Your breakdown, if you ever had a breakdown, maybe you had a breakdown emotionally, mentally, physically. Maybe you had a breakdown in your car. I had that happen to me one time. Uh, that was a setup for a miracle because it was 7 o'clock. The shop should be closed. It was pouring down rain. Nobody should have wanted to help me. And within 15 minutes, I had four new tires on my broken down car, and I was on my way again. That was a miracle. It wasn't fun. I was soaking wet after it was all over with, but God was with me. Your breakdown is a setup for your breakthrough. Your misery is the place where your miracle shows up. I'm not saying that everything's going to be wonderful. We hear it often. It rains on the just and on the unjust. Sometimes hard things happen. But it's when you're paralyzed in that mat that God is doing something. He's shifting something in the heavenlies. He's doing something that is supernatural. It exceeds matter and mind. You can't explain it, but God can do it. Amen? So I want to give you these points this morning. Number one, the messy place is part of the miracle. The messy place is part of the miracle. I don't like mess. I like things to be organized. Um, After kids camp, after kids fest, we go over here on this side. There's a couple closets where we keep a lot of our supplies. And when I open that door that first day, I go, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's a messy place. But you know what else I see? That represents miracles that happen in the lives of children, in the lives of families, in the lives of workers, in the lives of teams that come and serve. The messy place is part of the miracle. So don't worry about it. So I've been through some messy places, but I can tell you, I don't like it when I hear the news of something that means I need to pray for another miracle. I'm human. I'm not supernatural. So there are times when someone calls me or sends me a message and says, okay, this thing is happening. We need to ramp up the prayers. And I'm human. And there are times, depending on when I get that message, that I might say, okay, Jesus. But I will tell you this, deep inside of my heart and deep inside of my mind, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against this day. Amen? Yes, you can give God a praise for that. So in the way that you get that notice, in the way that you stood up today, I want you to say, God, this is my opportunity This is your opportunity to do a miracle. I'm trusting you for it. I'm trusting you for it. The second thing is that the place of your story is where the miracle is in process. The place of your story is where the miracle is in process. I want you to stand firm. I want you to keep praying. The Lord directs the steps of the righteous. Amen? He knows what your address is. He knows if it's changed a few times in the last few weeks. He knows if you're uncertain what your address is going to be next month or next quarter or next semester. He knows. But in this place is where your miracle's going to happen. 
So embrace it and embrace it with that confidence that God, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything I could ask or think. Amen. The third thing is that barriers, say barriers, barriers can't stop God's power at work. That man had a roof, right? They couldn't get to Jesus. It was too crowded. There was no room. I don't think any of you have had to break down the roof to get in here. You might have had to kind of maneuver some parking spaces to get here, but, okay? So if there's a barrier, maybe it's a situation, maybe it's a person, maybe it's your thinking, but if there is a barrier, I want you to understand the barrier cannot stop God's power. Nothing is greater than my God. Nothing. Nothing. So that barrier that's in your way, that barrier that feels like you can't get over it, that hurdle that you're tired and you don't want to jump anymore, that cannot stop God's power at work. Your barrier precedes your breakthrough. You can't even know you had a breakthrough if you don't have a barrier. We wouldn't have the miracle of the man if we didn't know that they had to chop down the roof to get in. Amen? So in your life, you may have to chop down a few barriers to believe God for more, to trust God for more, to give him one more day, one more week, one more prayer request. Don't worry about it. Trust Jesus. The Bible says at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Every knee. The knee of doubt, the knee of fear, the knee of anger, the knee of unforgiveness. You begin to speak the name of Jesus over your life and the lives of the people that surround you. You'd be amazed. I don't know who this is for. It's not in my notes. But I'll tell you that sometimes we point our fingers at people. Maybe it's our colleagues. Maybe it's our work situation. If you're struggling in your work, I feel this is from the Lord right now for you. Maybe if you start praying for the people at work, maybe if you start praying for those difficult, challenging situations, you'll see the breakthrough happen. Maybe you're focusing too much on the barrier and not on the God who breaks through. Begin to pray for those ones that bring challenge to your life. Amen. Amen. In his presence is the place of power. This is where Jesus operates. There's something about coming together. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why do you think it's so hard for you to get to church sometimes? Why do you think it's so hard for the media sometimes to get all the technical stuff working? Because we know we're reaching 75, 85,000 people a week with the good news that Jesus has a breakthrough. So we're not going to stop because of a barrier. We're not going to let the enemy detour us. Amen? But in his presence is fullness of joy. As you gather with other believers, your faith encourages. I don't know about you, but if you were at the picnic yesterday and you came a little bit tired and weary, by the time things were going along, I saw smiles. I saw joy. I was getting messages of hearts being encouraged and children having fun because when we're together, we get stronger. Amen? So don't let the enemy keep you from this place where the presence of God resides. Because in this presence is where the miracle of supernatural work begins to happen. So I want you to think about this. Are you a mess? 
Are you a mess? <laughs> probably if you're watching from home, if you're like me, if I was watching from home, I probably didn't do my hair, didn't do my makeup, I got my jammies on. It's okay because your mess precedes your message. Your mess is something that God knows. He already knows what, what I look like when I wake up, so it's okay. It's okay. Pastor Rick still loves me after almost 41 years, so it's okay. Where are you right now? Where are you? I hope that you're not in a place where you say, I want to be somewhere else. Because I want you to know that today, Jesus has you exactly where he wants you to be. Your steps are ordered. We don't believe that anybody comes in here by accident. We pray for you. We pray for the miracle. I pray for you to have faith. We say it sometimes, and many of us are here in this city for different reasons. I'm here because God told me to take up my mat, tell people about the miracle. While my youngest daughter prepares to have her first baby and is worried, Erica, I'll be there. I'll be there eventually. Just hold on. But I want you to know I'm here today because God told me to be here. He didn't tell me to be in America today. He didn't tell you to be somewhere else today. He told you to be here in Rome today. Maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe this season. Please embrace the place where you are because in this place, God is going to reveal things to you. We've heard so many amazing testimonies from some of our beautiful university students who come only for a semester, three months, and they leave. They've been baptized in water. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been called into full-time ministry. They go and come back and go and come back because in this place, there was a miracle breakthrough for them. And he is no respecter of persons. He's not going to do more for me than he'll do for you. It might look different, but it's your miracle he's working on. Your story, your mat is going to have different fabric. Your mat is going to have different DNA in it, but that's okay because God has a breakthrough for you. I want you to think about that man on that mat. The Bible says he was a paralytic man. He was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. Have you ever been on a mat where you couldn't get up? Maybe not. <laughs> have you ever been paralyzed by fear where you didn't want to look outside the door? Where you didn't want to get in the car, you weren't sure if you should get on the metro, you needed to get off the bus, you didn't want to walk down that street. See, this man was paralyzed from his sickness, but I believe God wants us to see that is there something that is paralyzing your faith? And maybe that's the first step to your miracle is to say, God, I want you to you know, he said, your sins are forgiven. He's going to change his thought process. He's going to change the way he does life. So maybe this morning he's trying to say to you, I want to take the fear away. I don't want you to be paralyzed by fear. If I could explain what Jesus was going to do in just a few minutes, I would write a prescription like a doctor writes a prescription, and I would just stand at the back of the door and pass it to people as they walk by. I can't explain how God works. I don't know how God took my mom when she was 39 but saved my dad from cancer for, for 20 years. I don't know how God healed Pastor Rick's tumor but took my grandfather. But I do know this. God is sovereign. I love him no matter what. 
So I will challenge you this morning. If you're looking for a miracle, the first thing you have to do is to say, God, I'm going to take up my mat and whatever's in my life that is trying to paralyze me, recognize that that is the enemy trying to keep you from victory. But God hasn't run out of victories. Amen? He hasn't run out of miracles for you. He wants to chase the enemy away. Jesus is here to do that, to set you free, to exchange your doubts for demons already gone to work. Don't you dare doubt. You get up knowing God has positioned those children. He has equipped them. It's going to be a beautiful brand new season. Some of us are in this city and you're struggling with something. God says, I am with you. I'm as close as the mention of my name. Maybe you don't know what to pray. Maybe, in fact, you feel like you might pray wrong if you prayed, so you just decided, I'm not going to pray. Can you say Jesus? Can you say Jesus? Can you say Jesus? That's all you have to do. You don't have to know what God's plan is. You just got to say his name you got to hold on to him with everything that was within you. This is where the fear turns into faith. I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. I rebuke doubt and discouragement in the name of Jesus. I rebuke weariness on my body in the name of Jesus. I walk up and down my stairs, and when I first start walking up and down, I'm a little bit like, oh, Jesus, I really need you. And by I get to the second time, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is my workout. This is my stairmaster. I'm taking these clothes up to the laundry part. I'm doing this because as I work, as I move, as I take my stuff and move, something happens in the adrenaline of my body. Amen? So in your spirit walk, when you pick it up and you take it, the Bible says the righteous take it by force. You've got to be confident that when God is ready, he is going to unfold the miracle. And he's already in process doing that. Those barriers could not stop a man and his friends. Say his friends. Those barriers could not stop a man and his friends from getting to Jesus. Who is your friend? Those friends broke the barrier and got him to Jesus. This is not in my notes either, but if you have friends that are putting up barriers that keep you from Jesus, you might need new friends. You can have acquaintances. We can be in the world and not of it, and we have to be salt and light. But if you have friends that are keeping you from Jesus... I want you to pray about it because God wants you to have friends that will break that barrier, get you through to Jesus. Amen? That barrier is the setup for your breakthrough. Think about this. In case you think it's just me and, oh, well, you're a pastor. No, I was a 15-year-old girl knowing that I have Scripture in my head. And the Holy Spirit in John 14 says that he would be a comforter, that he would be the spirit of truth. And when I was sad and grieving and upset, the Holy Spirit came. I felt him physically put his arms around me, so much so that I had to turn around. Who touched me? Who touched me? Who was that? It was nobody in the room except the Holy Spirit. God is not bound by any walls in this place. He is almighty. He is supernatural. Amen? I want you to understand that. The Israelites were in bondage, and that was their setup for the miracle of freedom and release. 
Moses was faced with a crowd against him. Some of you in leadership, in your places of business, maybe you are faced with a crowd against you. Moses had people questioning his leadership. They got, came out of bondage, and then there was this large body of water, and they were shouting and saying, Moses, what did you do? Why did you take us here? That was a barrier. But it was a setup for the sea to part, for a miracle to happen, and the miracle of clear passage across an unprecedented route. Maybe God is asking you to do something that is unprecedented. It's a setup for your miracle. Don't question it. If you're walking with Jesus, if you're letting Jesus be the Lord of your life, if you're talking to Jesus on a daily basis, and you should be, you don't have to worry. He's going to direct every step you take. There were three Hebrew boys that were shamed and convicted because of their unwillingness to bow, for their unwillingness to compromise their faith. Those boys, those teenagers, any teenagers, the teenagers are over there in their class this morning. But I wonder if any of us have ever had people who tried to shame us. Oh, you're one of those Jesus people. Oh, you're, I'm not sure about that church you go to. They're, you know, they just get all excited about stuff. You better believe I get excited about stuff because God gave me breath in my heart. He gave me a purpose for walking. He gave me a love that passes all others. He is powerful. Why would I keep that to myself? Why do you keep it to yourself? Your story, your mat could be the very bridge to someone else's breakthrough. There were several watching those boys in that fiery furnace. But that was a setup for the miracle of the fourth man in the fiery furnace to shield and protect where they came out of that situation without even the smell of smoke. That's a miracle. They were in the fire and they were not consumed. They did not have any uh, torn, burned uh, fabric on their head or their clothes. They didn't even smell like smoke. I want you to know something. When you've walked through a mess and you have a miracle, when you come out, there's no shame. There's no smell of smoke anymore. I can walk in victory and say, because of who Jesus is, I know who I am. Amen? There were several in the Bible who faced death and disease, but it was a setup for the miracle of life and healing and vitality. There were people that were plagued with demonic depression and despair. I think in our world today, depression, despair, anxiety is one of the tools of the enemy. If you're sitting at home and you're feeling anxious and afraid and dis discouraged and distressed, I want you to know that Jesus came to break that. He came to break that. He doesn't want us to live in fear. It doesn't mean that you won't feel all those feelings. You probably will. Even Jesus did. Think about, I always think about how Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple. I mean, that was anger. You know, you don't like throw over the tables and spill everything on it unless you're really angry. Now, I don't want you to do that at your house. Okay? Just because Jesus did it doesn't mean you need to do it. But I do want you to know that Jesus had those strong emotions. His friend Lazarus had died, and he wept. But he would be the Savior who brings Lazarus back from the dead. And people witnessed it and wrote about it. Jesus knows every emotion we have. Jesus knows the emotion that you have. 
those depressed thoughts, those anxious thoughts, that is a setup for God to set the captive free. That attack on your mind and your emotional stability is a setup for God to do something miraculous. The enemy may come at you like a flood, but when it happens, what does God do? He raises up a standard against it, and nothing, nothing, nothing can prevail against my God. A widow woman, a woman alone, had empty jars and no money, but it was a setup for the provision of God to begin to flow, for the miracle of overflow. God didn't just give her enough in her jars. He gave her an overflow. Some of you have been saying, God, just help me pay my bills. I want you to start saying, God, I'm expecting overflow. Now, it might come in the terms of monetary money and favor and raises, yes, but it also might come in the fact that you stay healthy all year and don't have to go to the doctor. Or that you do have to go to the doctor and they cut your bill in half. Or they say, you can pay it later. There's a lot of ways the provision of overflow begins to come in our lives if we're looking for it. Amen? So I want you not to despair. There were men in the Bible that were born blind, unable to see the God plans ahead. But it was a setup for supernatural sight to open their eyes and elevate their faith. Some of us were born, all of us were born, the Bible says all have fallen, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but we're spiritually blind. We don't know how to see with faith. It's not crazy to believe in a supernatural God that can do more than you can do. That is spiritual. Amen? That is spiritual. And as much as you came in this house today, as much as you stood up confidently that the floor was going to hold you, those of you that are in this room that I know, I know you believe in Jesus. Then I want you to believe that your miracle is just moments away, that there is a breakthrough coming. And no matter how long God wants you to be on that journey, whether it be one day or 10 days or 10 years, your breakthrough is coming. And he wants you to hold on to him. Don't let go. And if you have let go, I want you to see that there are people in this room that want to hold on to you. They want to lift you up in prayer. They want to hold you up in prayer. There were workers in the Bible, fishermen, who were frustrated by their lack of progress and their empty nets. But it was a setup for the miracle of overflow. Have you ever been frustrated? I don't think that we have anybody yet watching online. There have been some amazing, amazing, even this week, amazing blessings being sowed into the legacy. Thank you, those who are giving. But I haven't had anybody say, you know, oh, there's all these amazing buildings, but they're 40 million euro, and I'm just going to write a check, and you can have that building. We haven't had that yet. But I want you to know my father, my heavenly father, He owns everything. He has power for everything. And if he has not designed it for us to have some outrageous something, 
then there has to be a reason why we're all here together saying, God, we're going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling because as we do it together, our faith rises together. As we see the answers individually, collectively, we see the answers and our faith rises. And there is power in being a witness to the miracle on the mat. Amen? Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask. I think most of us have probably asked for something from God. But keep asking. Don't stop asking. Ask him. Say, Jesus, I need your wisdom. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need to know what you have for my life. Ask him. But then you have to do something else. You have to seek. You have to knock. You have to do something. They had to break down that barrier. Amen? They had to do something so that it was valuable to them. And then they received because in his presence is the place for miracle power to come forth. In his presence is where your barrier of thinking is removed. And after you ask, you will find. I didn't get my mom back at 15. But what I did get is the power of the Holy Spirit to enable me to walk. I do also want to say thank you to all of the fathers in this room for loving your families, for loving those that are here without dads, for the grandfathers in my life and the men of wisdom and valor that have spoken into my life over the years. Both of our, Pastor Rick and my, our earthly fathers have gone to be with Jesus, but I'm thankful I'm thankful that my husband is an amazing father and his three beautiful daughters want to call him to talk to him about stuff all the time. Our heavenly father loves us so much more than our earthly father. He wants you to know him. And if you don't have an earthly father, that does not mean that you cannot know how father God works because he's supernatural. It doesn't matter what happened in the natural. God is supernatural and he made you. And if he made you, then he also made you with the capacity to believe that he is, with the capacity and the yearning to know that I'm searching for something and it's not filled until I let Jesus fill it. That is the power of my heavenly father. Luke 18, 27 says this, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Maybe you're thinking it's impossible for me to live in victory because I have so much burden on me. That is not true. What is impossible with man is possible with God. I could have the worst, hardest, most awful day, week, season, and I could still live and be, be in victory. I've seen my grandmother who went to be with the Lord at 101 lose her eyesight, lose her ability to drive, lose her ears, uh, the ability to hear. And I saw her until she was 101, not give up on the miracle working power of Jesus. Not only for her life, every week until the last few weeks, I think, maybe even like two weeks Every week, she was in her church of four or 5,000, sitting on the front row as a pastor emeritus, they call it, letting people come up and someone would stand by her and tell them, what, this is what you're praying for, and she would pray for them. She never gave up. She never gave up. 
She pressed on to Jesus. That's what I want you to do. I want you to press on to Jesus. I don't want you to walk around sad. Because it's hard for people to believe in Jesus if I'm sad all the time. You know, I hope you trust the God who made the trees. And Oh, my gosh, he made snakes and bugs and other stuff, too. But he's good, and I think you should believe him. I'm having a really hard time right now. And I don't mean to make fun because I know there are times, but the Bible says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You have to do it. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You can't be sad and depressed if you're saying, God, I love you. God, I believe in you who you are. I know who I am. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. I can't say that and say sad at the same time. So if I begin to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, I begin to remove the barrier. Think of it as if you're removing that barrier of doubt in your mind every time you do it. The place where God has moved, don't forget what God has done before. It said the men were amazed. Don't lose the wonder. Remember the place where Jesus spoke the word over your life. John 1 1 says this. He's the word. He spoke the word. He said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that was made. And that life, in him is life. And that life is the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Say that one with me. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You're not defeated in Jesus' name. You're just in a holding pattern maybe. But God has a breakthrough for you this morning. And just like he said to that man, your sins are forgiven. Maybe he's going to say your doubts are going away. Your fear is going away. I'm changing the way you think about things. And then I'm going to say, get up, take your mat, and go and tell of my miracle working power. He has a setup for our miracle in motion. And so this morning, I am asking you, I want to know how God touches your life. I want to know the victories. I love when I hear back from those who have gone on and moved to a different country and they write me a note and say, all is well, Pastor Jen. I can't believe the way God is positioning me. If you're sick, it's a setup for a place of healing. Don't doubt. Don't worry. It's okay. Either way, either way, I'm going to be healed. Either way, I'm going to be healed. So I might as well walk around as if my healing is in motion. Amen? My healing is in motion. If I'm poor in spirit, you might say, Pastor Jen, I don't have a hundred-year-old grandmother that believes. I don't have a husband or a father that's standing beside me. You have Jesus. That's all you need. That's all you need. Call on him. Don't reject him. If you're poor in spirit, it's a setup for a place of peace to abound. If you're lost in despair, broken by death, we have loved ones among us who have lost loved ones this year. 
It's a setup for the miracle of comfort. I wouldn't believe, I probably wouldn't be able to share with you the way I do if I had not had the Holy Spirit who comforted me when I lost people I loved, who comforted me when I didn't know where my daughter was for a year. I felt the Holy Spirit. I held on to him. He was an anchor for me. The Holy Spirit is here for you. Maybe you're in this room and you've been betrayed and rejected. It's a setup for restoration. It's a setup for restoration. Maybe you've been betrayed and rejected at work. It's a setup for a promotion. Either way, whether you keep the job or you move on, if you're God's kid, you've got God's favor. If you're God's kid, you've got God's favor, and he's got something better for you. Every time we've ever moved, every time we've ever moved in 40 years of ministry, the first step seemed like a step backwards or a step less than money-wise, monetarily, even though we knew God is directing. But every time after we made the leap of faith, we begin to see the provision of God, the abundance of God, the way he provided for things. So you don't try to figure it out. You just say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm asking you, what do you want me to do, and how do you want me to do it, and when do you want me to do it? Right now, the where for today, anyway, is right here. The where for today is right here. You're in this room right now for your breakthrough. You're not going to wrestle with those things you've been wrestling with for the last two years anymore. It's done in Jesus' name. This is where amazing happens. Whether you're confused or bewildered, this is where amazing happens. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.